0: Good evening. Okay. Okay. Right, Welcome to the uh, Planning Commission meeting for August 6, 2019. The time is 6.30 p.m. for the record. If we have a roll call, please. Mr. Essence. Council Corcoran? Here.
1: Renewal in uh, 2017, the city uh, initiated the Uniontown 3 more Master Plan effort, utilizing a transportation and growth management grant from the Oregon Department of Transportation and DLCD. The purpose was to address issues dealing with land use and transportation issues in Astoria's historic West Gateway area, known as Uniontown. The planning process began in earnest in the fall of 2018. Consultant team consisting of Jacobs Engineering, Angelo Planning Group, and uh, DKS Engineering. Angelo Planning Group has worked on several long range planning projects in that story, including the Riverburn Vision Plan and its implementation process. The department staff was tasked with managing the project. Significant public involvement opportunities were designed to gain public input. This process was initiated to planned for these issues in a comprehensive manner to set a framework for the future of the study area. During the plan development, four community-wide forums, four stakeholder and technical advisory committees uh, meetings were held. In staff and consultants conducted stakeholder interviews, distributed and tabulated surveys. Development of the, vision, the, the plan was structured to gain as, as much public input as possible. Skipping forward to to page three, uh, there is a a map that shows in general terms the the area uh, that's in the study. Um, The uh, gateway area extends from the roundabout to the and uh, the court uh, uh, court area extends from uh, the to uh, the The uh, text amendments will include uh, a UTA UTO zone, uh, urban, sorry, Uniontown uh, overlay zone, which is uh, modeled on the Bridge Vista overlay zone, and the urban core overlay zone, which is which is being uh, uh, worked on at, at this time. Um, the uh, proposed comp plan amendments on page four. The, Proposed plan amendment the text amendments will include uh, adopting the Union Uniontown Reborn Master Plan as a background document, adopting the the uh, master plan addendum to the to the uh, 2014 TSP, and uh, replacing uh, the fourth Uniontown Overlay Area policies with the Uniontown Overlay Area policies. Public um, review and comment uh, the notices we have been mailed out and published in, in the Astorian. Um, there was considerable as I mentioned there's considerable uh, uh, public public involvement through, uh, through the use of uh, mailers and and the web and uh, and the uh, stack the, the public meetings and the stack meetings um, the the uh, proposed amendments are applicable to a large area of the city and represent a uh, relatively broad policy change. Therefore, processing uh, it as a legislative action, not a wayside judicial action, is appropriate. Um, in terms of text uh, text amendments, uh, the city uh, the city initiated the Uniontown reform Plan, as I mentioned, um, and uh, council the staff to initiate the comprehensive plan policy as well as, as code amendments. Um, <coughs> um, the amendments, the, uh, the amendments will protect the unique character of, of Uniontown National British Historic District um, in promoting high quality design and restoration. Uniontown will continue as the western gateway to the city with a mixture of commercial, residential, and other Consistency with the goals and policies of the of plan are addressed uh, in this section and in the findings of that. As mentioned, um, the, uh, historic, the historic area will uh, remain in place. The, uh, the purpose of the plan is to augment uh, the policies of the, the requirements of the historic district. Um, on page seven, uh, the finding. Concerning uh, economic and historic plan policies, proposed amendments will adopt design standards to allow for development that is consistent with the historic character of the Uniontown area. The division of the overlay zone into two segments, the core and the gateway area, will distinguish between their character and allow different forms of development. Uh, since this involvement, uh, uh, involvement has, has already been uh, discussed, um, in, uh, in terms of uh, zoning changes, the proposed amendments will satisfy land use needs, and in, in that in it will allow for the development of private properties while protecting the character of the town. Um, the proposed amendment limits that allow a building height in this area, thereby reducing some of the impacts associated with more intensive development. Um, in terms of transportation uh, demands, And and the uh, TSP, I'm going to uh, defer to to the uh, consultants, uh, Scott Richman and and Michael Duncan from ODOT, who will will, uh, uh, talk about that particular section of the plan. Um, In terms of housing, there there is uh, basically uh, no uh, or minimal impact on, on housing. We've uh, included the buildable lands inventory uh, table that shows that most of the area is C3 or IN and uh, will not not uh, affect uh, housing in the city. So basically, the uh, conclusion is that the request is consistent with the comprehensive plan. The development code staff recommends the planning commission consider the testimony and the appropriate recommended adoption of the proposed amendments to the city council. Great,
0: thank you, Do any of the commissioners have questions? Chair, uh, sure, Ms. Patrick, I would say that
2: as a continuation of the initial staff report, it would be in order to have. Uh, Consulting. great so are we going to have the consultant first mm-hmm. yes i mean right the, the staff report is not completed just with uh with uh Iron board and giving this report there's, as Stephen stated there's additional
3: information that needs to be right. great thank you mr, yep. mr. Yeah. All right, thank you chair yeah. fitzpatrick and uh, so so on the planning the, commission the, <coughs> Oh, okay. Happy to do, do that. i got the yeah, controller control here, too. All right. Uh, I'm Scott Richmond with Jacobs Engineering uh, out of Portland, and I'm the uh, consultant team uh, project manager for the Union Town Report Plan. Um, any other commission? You need? Great. Okay. All right. Thank you, uh, Chair Fitzpatrick and Planning Commission, for the opportunity uh, to present you to augment the uh, staff report and um, participate in the public hearing. So I promised I would uh, go through this succinctly but hopefully um, provide some clarification opportunities. When I get to the land use part, I'm gonna turn it over to Matt Hastie um, and then as, uh, as, as Brett has just as mentioned, uh, Mike, Michael Duncan is here with, with ODOT. Um, he's, our, he's our contract manager. So quickly, the, uh, the plan objectives that uh, we established um, with, with input from the community and, and through the, um, uh, the stakeholder and the technical advisory committee um, for Uniontown was to, are to strengthen livability and economic vitality, or create a more balanced and efficient multimodal transportation system, develop a complete land use plan, support transportation plan, um, build on previous planning and visioning work. So in the transportation case, that would include your adopted transportation system plan. Facilitate the Astor West urban renewal plan implementation and actively engage community stakeholders in the thorough visioning process. This is not super legible, but uh, you can see on the far right side uh, we are here. We're, we're close to the end um, of this of this process. Uh, so we've been going for um, about a about a year and a half since um, uh, uh, spring of, um, of 2018. Um, we have had um, uh, four uh, stack meetings, uh, including one just uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, three public events. Um, we, we started out early in the process with a number of um, uh, key stakeholder interviews. Um, we had an online community survey, and we had 129 respondents from that um, that, it, that included and went beyond Uniontown. Um, and again, we had a, um we ended up combining um, the technical and, and stakeholder advisory committee, which um, created a more uh, more synergy between those those groups. So we're close to the end of uh, where we're um, looking to make some uh, final uh, revisions to the to the draft plan. Um, we believe it's uh, um, most of the way there and are looking for, for support and and that uh, of the city council in uh, in September. This is the this is the project area which, which shows the overlay zone. So at this at this time it, it gets into the land use so I'm gonna turn it over to Matt Hasty and then he'll turn it back over to me for transportation and tools. All right, thanks for having us again. Uh, Matt
4: and the Planning Group. Um, so I will go over the land use stuff fairly quickly and be happy to take questions uh, later on, whenever that's appropriate. Um, so as Mike and Scott mentioned, um, the way the, the land use recommendations are being implemented is primarily through the proposed adoption of an overlay zone. There are two sub-areas within the overlay zone. Um, the gateway area, which goes essentially from um, close to the roundabout, portway, um, and then the core area, which goes from essentially the bridge approach um, over to approximately Columbia, and those areas have some different characteristics, and so there are some different ways that some of the um, uh, land uses are treated in these areas, or proposed to be treated, landscaping standards, height standards, etc. So I'll talk about those again. I'll go through them reasonably quickly and and be able to answer questions. I'll also note that the core area is, um, the boundary of that is just, uh, is only along the road and south of um, Marine Drive. So it does not, the overlay zone does not kind of go into the Bridge Vista overlay area. We were careful not to essentially change or update or um, revise all the work that's been going on in that area. And we also didn't want to have zones in that area. So um, we're kind of staying out of the bridge risk overlay um, in that part of that story there. Um, So um, again, some of the proposed amendments to the Development Code treat these two areas differently. Some of them treat them the same. Um, In terms of allowed uses, there are some differences in what's proposed to be allowed or not allowed in these two areas. Um, In the um, Gateway sub-area, we kind of recognize that you know this is an area that to some degree will likely to remain a more of an auto-oriented area. Um, there are a number of auto-oriented uses in that area now. There would continue to be some of those types of uses allowed, although some of those uses would not be allowed in the future. Um, and again, this is along the roadway within about a block on either side. It for the most part doesn't affect the port area to the north. So In the gateway area, the proposal is to to prohibit industrial uses and automotive sales uses, but to allow some of these other types of auto-oriented uses in that gateway area. In the core area, the goal is to make this more of a pedestrian-oriented, pedestrian-friendly area, and so a number of auto-oriented uses in addition to um, auto sales um, and um, industrial uses would be prohibited service stations, automobile service repair, drive-through facilities, so in that core area, all of those things would not be um, allowed through the, the, the Minnesota Code. Um, landscaping and setback standards, those would differ a little bit as well between the gateway sub-area and the core sub-area. In the gateway sub-area, um, we wouldn't apply, it would be pretty similar to kind of what there now we would not apply a minimum or a maximum setback we would continue to apply a minimum landscaping coverage standard of 15 percent that's what you have in your code now Um, parking lots would be required to have interior and perimeter landscaping Um, and you wouldn't be able to have essentially parking areas between the sidewalk and the building so we're still trying to in this area improve um, conditions for people walking through the area and that's one of the ways we that um, in the um, core area, we would propose a maximum five foot front setback so you would have buildings up closer to the sidewalk, closer <coughs> to the Again, promote that uh, pedestrian um, access and connectivity um, within their, that area. Also, landscapes would have to be, or parking lots would need to be, landscaped with again interior and um, perimeter landscaping. You would not have the the max the minimum 15 percent landscaping standard in this area recognizing that a lot of these um, properties are essentially filled out and and so it doesn't make sense it's not practical to apply that and it's proposed to be more of a denser urban kind of feel in that area so there would be that difference in the landscaping standards um, building heights and massing um, again we're we're not talking about the three vista overlay area. So we're talking about the area to the, um, the south in uh, the core area that's kind of bumping up against the, the slope, the hillside there, and then the area along the um, highway in this gateway area. In, so in those areas the proposal would be to allow buildings to uh, be a maximum of 40 feet, 45 feet tall, um, above the first two stories essentially or above 28 feet. They would need to be stepped back. Um, by 10 feet similar to standards in um, other parts of the city where we're trying to maintain some views along those north south streets towards the river um, we had a fair bit of discussion both in the planning documents and with our committees and also at uh, city council work session about the height standards we have a set of land use um, a set of evaluation criteria associated with the land use some of them have to do with promoting opportunities for upper story housing in this area, um, promoting um, economic and employment, economic development and employment opportunities. And when we looked at kind of the different height requirement alternatives, really on almost every um, criterion, with the exception of preserving views, um, it argued for this height. So that's what we ended up um, recommending for this area. Um, and again, we're conscious not to do that in the bridge that's area. Um, off street parking, um, so uh, the majority of future development will continue to need to meet the city's off street parking requirements um, that vary by use, typically a certain number of off street spaces per uh, thousand square feet of Gross floor area, but we are proposing some modest reductions in some of those off-street parking requirements. Um, And those are listed here. Um, So for smaller buildings or sites um, where you have less than 5,000 square feet of gross floor area, those would be able to have a reduced amount of off-street parking because for those smaller uses and smaller sites, it's often very difficult to fit parking in at the levels the city requires and still have um, a, a reasonable site building and a site that works on a parking standpoint. Um, and then also buildings that already cover the maximum allowable area of the site would be exempt from additional parking or expansions of buildings of 10% or less. So it's just trying to provide some additional flexibility um, For some of those types of developments, there would be those proposed to be those modest reductions to parking, off-street parking parking. requirements. Design guidelines are proposed for this area. They're really pretty much similar to the types of design guidelines that have been um, proposed and or applied um, in some of the other areas of the city, particularly along the riverfront, the grid, the overlay area. The types of guidelines we're looking at in standards in the area, et cetera. And all of those really are about retaining or retaining the the, the architectural character of the area. Um, as um, uh, Mr. Morgan noted, um, historic design review would continue to be required in the areas where it's already required. So you have to meet these design standards and guidelines, but also go through the historic design review process um, in, the, in the historic area as well. So, Again, I think you've seen a lot of this stuff in previous um, uh, presentations, so I won't go through it in any kind of detail, but you'll see kind of a list of the types of things that are proposed to be included in those standards and guidelines. Um, that's it for me. Scott's gonna jump
3: back up and talk about transportation. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. thank you, Matt. I'll also go through the transportation <coughs> um, recommendations. So the, the key for transportation um, for the plan is that we, we primarily focused on West Marine Drive, so of course uh, the state highway uh, 101 and US 101 and US 30. And um, what we're focusing on essentially is the, the width between the, the existing curves and the allocation of that space. And and the recommendation um, through the majority of Uniontown is, is what's depicted on, on the slide there, which would be reconfiguring the roadway um, that is now um, two general travel lanes in, in each direction, with the exception of interchanges or intersections where there are turn lanes provided, um, to um, reallocate space for the eastbound travel lane and, and turn that into predominantly a um, two-way left turn lane, um, and, and also to um, create designated space for bicyclists in the form of continuous bicycle lanes um, through, the, through the majority of Uniontown. Um, this would also allow opportunity um, for uh, wider sidewalks in some of okay, to landscaping and lighting in some locations. This, uh, this just illustrates that there are some proposed variations in the cross section um, through Uniontown. The, the section I just mentioned is through the majority of, of Uniontown, including all of the The gateway area, the the preferred alternative would start at um, the Hamburg intersection and continue through to Columbia, so through Uniontown, and would have some variations just depending on um, primarily the the constraints and the the traffic demands in in those different areas, including uh, with intersections. Uh, pedestrian facilities would be um, a minimum of six feet. There would be um, ADA improvements um, throughout. Again, this is, this is a plan, so some of these things would need to be um, in the in the project design phase, which would be um, con- dependent on funding to, to go forward and implement the plan. Um, there would be opportunities for um, a Center median and Refuge. Uh, one we're focused on is uh, improving the enhanced uh, protected crossing in, uh, in the Town historic core area uh, directly east of Bay Street to um, create a prote- enhanced protected pet crossing with a median refuge. Um, there would also be opportunity to uh, relocate utility poles that are obstructions in, in portions of the sidewalk in Uniontown to locate that back outside the public right of way and make sure those are accessible uh, pedestrian access ways i mentioned bicycle facilities right now it's discontinuous um, this the plan would uh, provide um, five to six foot wide um, strike bicycle lanes through through union town um, one one place to note is the the westbound approach to um, the u.s 101 bridge uh, where there would be a, a right turn vehicle lane um, as you may have seen in other places there would be a green paint uh, paint treatment recommended for the bike lane to continue through that intersection. Uh, So that would be on the left side of the, the right turn lane and on the right side of the two westbound through lanes. This would also, uh, the plan would also provide for more uh, formalized uh, Sunset Empire transit facilities, uh, bus stop locations, and again, this would be determined through the design, but if there's opportunities for bus pullout areas, and um, to create safer access uh, for, for people um, seeking to board or unload from, from buses, that would be the, uh, uh, the incentive for, for this too, and to be able to make sure the conditions allow for um, reliable operations of, uh, of transit vehicles, as Sunset Empires noting, noted that they um, plan to expand their service and will have conditions supportive of that. I mentioned removing the eastbound travel lane uh, between Hamburg and, and Columbia, so that would be the, the biggest change. Um, primarily safety reasons, there have been a number of, of studies that have shown where um, uh, left turns are made out of a through lane with, with higher traffic conditions. That it's uh, much more safe and um, better operations to have a uh, protected left turn lane for vehicles to get out of the um, that through travel direction. So this would um, this recommendation would provide that that left turn that protected left turn uh, throughout. So this is uh, repetitive from what, I, what, I, what I've said. Um, where we where we where the um, there's not room um, in the in the core area. There's uh, there's 60 feet of um, right of way between uh, between the curves, and we, we want to keep those nice wide sidewalks and the historic core. Um, we would allow. Um, there aren't as many intersections in that area. they are mostly um, buildings facing the facing the street front, as not as not as many driveways. Um, so not as many need. For, not as much need for left turns between those signalized intersections. Um, one of the um, uh, points of contention that's come up is our, our uh, plan um, proposes restricting the left turn, uh, the west, uh, eastbound left turn onto Bay Street. Um, we are now recommending that that left turn could could still be uh, provided. Um, There's also a a transportation system plan project to connect uh, Basin and Bay Street um, on the north side of uh, West Marine Drive, so parallel to West Marine Drive, um, which would also enhance access uh, to that that area, including um, Marine Maritime Memorial Park. So some of the some of the benefits is that uh, um, our traffic analysts um, uh, show that the crash reduction it could be about twenty nine percent so reduction in all roadway crashes with this configuration um, removing one of the through travel lanes and converting that to left turn lanes um, reduce pedestrian and bicycle conflicts um, likely slow up slower motorist speeds um, and in part that would depend on the, uh, the design. <coughs> A more comfortable environment with dedicated, visible spaces for left turns, people walking, bicycling, and using transit. Um, And a more inviting environment for businesses and residents uh, along West Marine Drive. uh, It's compatible with the preferred land use alternative that that Matt just talked about, um, in both the gateway and four areas. Um, Some of the reconfiguration impacts is that um, the, the intersection that is most um, uh, congested in terms of uh, delay is the uh, Columbia Avenue Bond Street intersection with West Marine Drive. Uh, the proposed um, alternative would um, increase that um, uh, operation a little bit, but it would still um, be just over the mobility target. Um, we've we've uh, vetted that pretty thoroughly with, um, with the State Department of Transportation and um, it appears to be acceptable to them. Uh, include a little bit of information on um, on average daily volumes. You can't really see that, but that's there if we need to come back to that in questions and discussions. The the proposed configuration, just based on the um, the traffic uh, consultants' um, assessment for the for the cross section, is that there um, there would likely be some on street parking affected in certain areas and. There are uh, a couple spaces that could be affected under the bridge in the core area, and there are um, about a, a dozen um, uh, affected spaces uh, west of uh, west of the 101 intersection. Um, about five of those are in, in a location where the that parking is pretty heavily utilized, and other locations that's it's not utilized as much. Um, but one of the other changes that we've been talking about for the plan is to. Um, make sure that there are um, there public parking is provided that, to offset any um, on-street parking removed so that could be in the form of acquiring um, acquiring portions or uh, parts of properties for um, district uh, public parking that would be off-street. We've had quite a bit of discussion um, about the, uh, the core focus area, particularly um, in, in a very short section of the core focus area between uh, Columbia and, and, and Basin and, and right around Bay Street I mentioned the issue about turning um, so we're going to um, we're going to propose um, a, a modifying that, uh, that recommendation for the Bay Street access to allow the left turns that would be similar to the existing situation that, that those turns would be out of the um, general purpose lane but it's very, very low-term volumes uh, that we have right now. Um, Public public parking would offset any spaces removed, so that would be provided before uh, any um, project is developed and implemented uh, that would remove any on-street spaces. Um, The enhanced pedestrian crossing uh, would need to just make sure that uh, that is um, in a a place that's uh, safe and visible um, for pedestrians and, and motorists and um, and then the plan you know again needs to maintain an acceptable uh, level of of congestion that we know occurs quite often in astoria this this shows some um, uh, reconfiguration impacts in um, uh, terms that are more understandable to people versus talking about volume over capacity Um, so we we plan for um, the same uh, planning year as your transportation system plan for 2035, and so it's uh, less than 20 years out, 16 years out from now. Um, we, uh, our traffic consultants, uh, did an estimate of travel time between um, the west end of Uniontown and Hamburg, um, and then S- and Seventh Avenue, so closer to downtown. The uh, the build year, uh, which is Four years out, that's that might be optimistic. Um, would allow would add um, one minute of uh, of delay in the eastbound direction, um, and then that reverse same distance, 7th um, seven to Hamburg um, would would increase travel time by about a an minute and a half, and then in um, by 2035, that that eastbound travel time would be um, an additional three minutes, and an additional uh, uh, two minutes for the westbound travel time. Um, they also tested a uh, three-lane, so that would be a one lane in each direction plus a two-lane in just a small portion of the um, core area between uh, Columbia and Basin Streets, and um, uh, their, their analysis showed that that would add, um, for the eastbound direction, Hamburg 7th that would add, Four, about four minutes, and then on the westbound it would add about six minutes of, of travel time. And this is in the, the worst uh, peak conditions, so the highest um, you know, summer weekends and so forth, some of the highest tra- traffic times. Uh, you can't see this, but this is in the planning. We've got a number of proposed um, other uh, public investments proposed, uh, primarily for increased uh, access for um, people who aren't driving to encourage people to get out of their cars and um, be able to safely access Uniontown, both walking along and um, crossing West Marine Drive. So we've got proposed uh, areas with improved lighting. We've got some improved um, access connections uh, up into the Alameda neighborhood, between Alameda neighborhood and and Uniontown. we've got some uh, concept or locations for proposed uh, enhanced wayfinding. And, um, and then there's a concept for um, uh, proposed uh, bus shelters that are they're more visible and formalized with, some, uh, with shelter and lighting uh, for people. And then, um, again, just a couple of examples of some landscaping opportunities. And, and there could be some gateway opportunities for uh, encouraging um, public art in those areas. So that's it for the presentation. Do any
0: commissioners
5: have questions the project? Commissioner Campbell um, <clears throat> My question is um, about removing the eastbound travel lane. In the presentation, we were talking about um, the area between Hamburg Avenue and Columbia Avenue, and Bond Street intersection, but in the talkings we had, it talks about going from the roundabout to 8th Street. Uh,
2: so, as a part of the city's adopted transportation system plan, mm-hmm. um, there is um, a project which includes a uh set lane reconfigurations from eight to the Dovoi to convert that from a four-lane section to a three-lane section. Uh, that again uh, was uh, done to be able to address issues that came about as a part of uh, the transportation system plan update process. The concerns mm-hmm. me at that time were that pedestrians were not able to cross Marine Drive through that section. So that is actually currently in our transportation system plan to reduce the number of lanes on the highway from 8th to the Bilbo. This uh, project itself was taking that concept and looking at should there be any lane reconfigurations further to the west along uh, Rolling Drive? So um, there is this concept that's already adopted by the city council for uh, you know for a portion of the highway. This project itself is looking at should should that concept be taken further west? Okay. So what we're
5: kind of making a uh, uh, Consideration and recommendation of recommendation on today is this stretch between Hamburg and that. Correct. Um, okay. That's correct. My uh, other question is what likelihood can we um, can we think of that we're going to be able to find um, public parking um, to um, offset the on street parking that's been lost? I know there's a couple of properties that have been kind of talked about it as ideal spots for um, some public parking. I just wondering.
3: What the likelihood of it is of these things materializing? I don't know if the city is that so of that. All, all <laughs> I can say is that we, yeah, we hit, we had worked with the city on on um, identifying some potential specific properties, and then since then we have we backed off and and you know we're proposing that as properties you know may come available, um, and and there can be funding to to acquire all the portions of those properties for public parking, but um, we're not looking. Right now, for the plan at, at specific properties. In this case, the uh, the entire
2: study area is within the Astor West Urban rural District. And so, what would um, be looked to, to be able to provide that funding is Urban rural dollars to be able to purchase the land and to um, develop it. And what, you know, as, as um, Mr. Richman said, is the Concept being as a part of this project if this was going to happen that that You know the finding of the uh, off-site parking would be done in with, uh, with the construction project
6: Question to follow up on, uh, on what is the funding mechanism for the stretch of change between 8th and Columbia?
2: So um, the City Council um, well so how likely is that to be reality for so, us to want to connect with so um the city council approved an application process to be submitted to odot uh, for the current uh for the current application process um it's been odot has notified the city uh recently that it didn't make the cut. Um, but through the regular process of applying for those. Yes, plans, and that how be where, uh, and, and again, if this project were approved and uh, adopted as a part of the city's plan, that makes it eligible for ODOT grant funding uh, applications and uh, highway improvement uh,
6: fund applications in the future. I see. Um, can I assume that it's the eastbound
2: lanes that are doubled up in that section as well? There are, you know, in, the, in the case of, from, in the adopted transportation system plan from 8th to, uh, Columbia. to Columbia, it is one lane in each direction with a single terminal.
6: Oh, so what I'm trying to envision is what Columbia looks like when that train intersection happens and, and the switch occurs. Do you know what I mean? You know, like how that meshes together from the two plans. And yeah, Scott, so you talk about that? Dude? And I assume that's what informed you for this preferred alternative—that this worked best with that
3: existing transportation plan. That yes, we so that the traffic analysis um, assumed the um, the configuration that Mr. S was just talked about—that's okay. in the adopted plan for east of Columbia. Yeah, so my understanding is this is really driven by transportation planning
6: pretty much the Uniontown process. It seemed an opportunity for a transportation grant and it seems
2: to connect with the transportation plan that you're referring to. So, yes and no. Um, The application uh, for, when the city secured funding for this project back, it's now been four years ago. It was through um, the State of Oregon Transportation Growth Management Program. Transportation Growth Management Program takes a look at how uh, providing efficient, multi-modal transportation, bike, pet, cars, highways, or trucks. How that can be improved while also reviewing the land use activities within the area to better promote a more efficient and desirable um, built environment in the future. So it is, there is definitely a transportation element that was a part of this this grant. But there was also a land use component taking a look at what are the changes to the development code which should be made to, to be able to make this what um, the city is looking for. For example,
6: <laughs> prohibiting from driving through an automotive That's right. is that it That's clear? Right. So it's a it's a constellation of things. The transportation piece seems central. And, and as I'm thinking about this, I, it seems a priority to make sure the transportation pieces connect well and traffic flows through the city in a systematic way. So that seems that will inform my thinking about how the Uniontown piece uh, will work. Um, Because when it comes to me in conversations and traffic flow and parking and um, the comment of losing a parking space through this would require to have some public parking be identified, uh, triggers a whole lot of contingent scenarios. And I struggle with where to put the plan with the design phase and also implementation. you know the plan is a template with no funding or other particular motivation it's hard to get creative about purchasing property or that kind of a thing so i'm, I'm interested big picture in the next step for sort of visualizing maybe in a more real way what we're talking about and,
2: and how likely is any of this going to manifest so i would say you know, first of all uh, the only way to be able to get funding from the state of oregon uh ODA, is to have a plan
6: in place if we don't have Correct. a plan in place yeah. and look for opportunities then within that time frame okay right. Right.
2: so i mean if, if there's no plan yeah. there's no talking
6: so i plan. should temper my own enthusiasm then about money falling out of the skies to, to rebuild a union town in my in my liking so that's well, good i so mean there's
2: this is one component i mean one <laughs> of the one of the components it, is the issue of transportation to this area how do we want the, the transportation element to Look in the future, and so that's you know, that's one of the components here. One of the other components is um, what should zoning uh, state for desired outcomes. Um, one of the so when this all got started, there were concerns from the city council about um, the types of development that could occur in that area, and you know, we want those automotive types of Purpose. Did We want uh, a, um, a different uh, streetscape uh, um, streetscape design from on the public and private side. And on the development code amendments, what that is doing is establishing a framework for a preferred uh, set of development alternatives in the future. Now, let's say that this uh, town lorain plan is approved, then that allows city staff as well as ODOT to look at pursuing funding for the transportation elements in the future, um, and so perhaps there's um, surface transportation improvement uh, applications that work. That's that's the highway grants that that actually make you know, changes to the ODOT. Um, then those funding applications can, can go forward, they can be considered, and, and if funding is approved, then the design element happens. I mean, it's, is there public engagement at that point? So, no, yeah, because there's, it's really, it's saying, will there be the determination from city council as to whether or not to be able to pursue this? I'm gonna give a, a, a great example, um, last night, the uh, City Council um, approved an, uh, an intergovernmental agreement with ODOT for uh, two um, STIP funded sidewalk improvement projects over by the high school. The city uh, applied for and received funding for sidewalk improvements over by the high school, and then they applied for a second round of funding for an extension of it. ODOT approved both of those. ODOT is now saying let's morph these two separate projects into one and we haven't even started design yet. It is really how the dollars and cents are um, allocated by the state of Oregon now that the uh, city and ODOT are entering into an intergovernmental agreement now comes the design phase and is there public engagement in that design phase? Yes.
6: There is. Because what I'm getting is a, a set of t- tension is, uh, like, by an opinion of it's kind of like the plan will be, you know, yes, if we lose some public, we lose public, uh, if we lose street parking, we'll find some public parking alternative. It really isn't, when it comes down to the design phase, that may or may not be part of the design.
2: Unless uh, part of the plan that says there shall be off street parking. I see. In yeah. excellent. That's how that's how that is
6: Terrific. Thank you. Help thank you for helping clarify that big picture and how this conversation fits
0: into that. <laughs> thank you, Commissioner Forefram. Thank you uh, Mr. Husky's uh Commissioner Price.
7: Thank you, that's a good segue. I agree. um you know this, this is a project where indeed we have the horse course before the cart. The cart is what it is that we want to do. Of course, driving the cart, and I understand bureaucracies and and funding mechanisms and how one wants to have a, a, a union reward re, vision. Uh, but that you know you have to go for various grants to make that happen, and it happened that the the um, the grant for ODOT came first, perhaps, and before the real visioning came on. What's gonna be in the park? What do we really want Uniontown to be? So part of what we want Uniontown to be in, in its rebirth is uh, is a better traffic pattern that slows things down, that makes it more pedestrian friendly, that makes it more bicycle friendly. I get that. It is concerning though that we are doing this and then you know, and then we're going to see what it is we really want to design for Uniontown and then hopefully it will all together that's just sort of the the big statement i I have just at this point just some uh, really easy to answer process statements one is what what is the deadline for our contractors uh jacobs engineering and angelo planning i know that your your contract ends at a certain time when is that end of september end of september and then okay yeah so if um
2: how long this
7: process takes? Anything that is done after that is paid for by the city of this Okay, and uh, and then does ODOT have a deadline of any sort? No. No. Has ODOT approved this
8: preferred alternative? We, we support. Yeah. Oh, Hi, I'm Michael Duncan. I work for ODOT. So, when you see Brett looking over at me and saying, oh, no no that's fine. <laughs> so, um, as far as introductions, i, I contract manager. I sit on the project management team with a consultant and the city. I'm um, a grant manager for the Transportation and Growth Management Program. Brett did a pretty good job of describing what, what that is. Um, we supported the city's grant application, it aligns with TGM goals. Uh, through this process, we, I think, Realized those those goals in in the planning process, and we certainly support it. So I think that's. that's so great.
7: so you're saying ODOT supports the preferred alternative, meaning that there's X pretty high percentage that ODOT would provide the funding to make this happen by 2035, which is
8: the the yeah.
7: deadline, the goal, and the, the, yeah. the material.
8: So, so these, uh, Term that carries some weight to it, uh, called, and, it and it sounds innocuous, enough, but uh, reasonable and likely to occur. And uh, when we put something in a planning document, long-range plan, a 20-year plan, uh, for example, the the uh, lane reconfiguration that, that runs east outside of this project area, that that's determined to be reasonable and likely based on historic funding opportunities and what's likely to occur in the future, you know, based on forecasted allocations. So. So there's no set, like, you know, story gets this amount, this amount. What happens, though, is, and, uh, uh Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Port, uh Parker, yes. okay, thank you. Anyway, I really didn't want to mess the name um, But, you know, that's the first step. You know, you mentioned the first step and the second step. The very first step is getting it in a plan. And so uh, when we apply for state funding, one of the boxes that you'll see is, was this in a long-range or comprehensive plan? You want to be able to check that box, and, and so that's what this is doing: is providing the mechanism, providing a process to put that in there. So, um in fact, it, I think uh, the length of reconfiguration that that Fred had mentioned um, was out there to be funded in this stip cycle, this upcoming stip cycle. Uh, it was it was really close; it didn't make the final list, um, but there was it's a priority. For the for the region, for ODOT, uh, because of the safety, connectivity, the um, the ability to provide more multimodal segment of, of a facility that we that we maintain and operate on. So I um, I don't know if I can say anything more than that. It's I I would say this is reasonable and likely within the mining horizon. Um,
2: Commissioner Price, can I make it a little bit more clarity on this whole? In terms of how this even came about, to maybe get to some of your statements in the first place. This project had started at the direction of the City Council. The City Council stated that they had concerns about the lack of uh, development um, review within this corridor and the city council felt the importance of raising the bar through this this area also and and this was a city council goal the focus on union town was a city council goal this is going back now i'm thinking five years or so um and so part of what was completed uh was to start the facade Program through the Astor West Urban Rural District, Um, and uh, also then to uh, pursue grant opportunities to be able to help assist in developing a set of tools to build Race to bar. At the same time, the city was completing their transportation system plan, and really at the time of the issue of, of when the transportation system plan was developed. The issue du jour was pedestrian safety, and, and that was really the the, the lead the topic of discussion throughout that entire process. And the issue of pedestrian safety in Uniontown was was discussed and as part of that transportation system plan. While the plan, the transportation system plan included the lane reconfiguration concept between 8th and Columbia to be able to address some of those issues. Um, The topic is extending that lane reconfiguration to the west was talked about. However, um, there was not the capacity of the consultant team and of working with ODOT at the time to really flesh it out, say, Could it go further west? And so this grant opportunity also was uh, taking the work that that had been started as a part of the transportation system plan and flesh it out further. And that's that's where we are today. Sure.
7: I I just have two other sort of process questions at this point. Um, One is um, in the West urban renewal district, there are dollars for Uniontown. that would, um, that would provide funding for for what and, and how much is there? It, would it provide funding, for instance, for uh, another consultancy to come in for, for design to look at this visioning that we're looking at that we need to have for the city? I mean, what, what do you envision those dollars to be used for? Is it only for development? Does that include any planning and how much is there?
2: So. At the time when the city council um, envisioned this project, what was envisioned is that a plan could be adopted and then uh, after that time, look for grant opportunities to be able, like the STIP funding process, where we could look for some dollars to come from ODOT, pair it with urban renewal dollars and be able to do um, an entire streetscape project from around and be able to utilize and leverage those funds uh, to be able to right uh, so
7: is there a plan in progress to make that happen the, the, the plan is what's this reporting other, other than this, I mean to go beyond this to do the street streetscaping, the really de, the design part, go beyond it, street again, engineering. When,
2: when this was brought city council, this was the direction
9: that was moving really cool. forward. Okay. Um, I have a note here on land use. What was that? I don't, I'll leave that for you. Commissioner Price, thank you, Mr. Stevenson.
10: Commissioner Henry, did you have any questions? Um, yes, I do. Um, so, uh, some questions for uh, the consultant, the, the staff. Um, so, I know this was touched on, but I don't know that I've been able to find or have heard today the least really specific answer. So, if you've been for the, for the commission, everyone in the audience, and myself. Um, Code requirements for design review, planning commission uh, approval. I I heard Matt say that um, historic landmarks commission review would still be required in the overlay um, or in the road lines overlay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, okay, so it's it's historic district. And then um, is the standard speed code for what has to go through design review commission and historic state commission? Is that just still the same as everywhere else in the city?
11: Yes, this would follow the same process for design review outside of the Historic District. It would go through the Design Review Committee. Any uses such as a conditional use would go to the Planning Commission. Outright uses would not go to the Planning Commission. So your normal design review would go through the Design Review Committee. If a project was also adjacent to a historic, then it may need historic review.
2: what I would note is that this proposal expands the area right now where there is no design review requirement at all. Right, it's not that. So. And so there would be an expanded area that would now trigger uh, public review for uh, private
10: Well, I think that's great. So um, on that note, just to clarify, because of some public comments we received, um, how do the height limitations and allowances
11: that are proposed here compare to the existing uh, total allowances in this area? Uh, this is all the C3 zone, and the overlay would be in that. The C3 zone allows a 45 foot building. And so it's, that remains the same? It would remain the same, except it would uh, call for those step backs or other oh, considerations. Okay, great, great. Okay. And the uh, architectural equipment. Allowance, that's that was there too as well, right? Correct, that's a current exception for any required um, features on uh, roofs like elevator shafts and mechanical equipment. We just adopted a code that made that very clear that it can't be other features. It has to be required mechanical equipment or elevators.
10: Okay. Um, <laughs> so I have a really but I was just curious um, i know that we, we've got some limited audio auto oriented uses in the core sub area and i wondered: do drive-in facilities or drive-in businesses would that drive through would that include like coffee kiosk Would the coffee kiosk but if it a coffee kiosk, that guy kicked out of there or is this only for new uses and um,
9: the significant renovation no one's kicked out. <laughs> you have They become an
11: existing non-conforming use. Okay. Uh, however, any new facility that would go in, if it was drive-through, such as a coffee, uh, would be prohibited in, uh, let's see, prohibited in the core area. In the court area, be allowed in the gateways area.
10: Right. So, uh, Hung up on um, the intersection at Bay Street, right? Where we had the two pedestrian refuge and a left turn lane. Um, I heard you touch on that a little bit, but could you explain a little bit how um, that was resolved um, and and what what kind of the implications are for uh, connecting Bay Street, Basin Street north of Columbia, and just go into that a little bit more because I saw some
3: in the audience, and I was there. So, a, there's a, um, a transport. oh, sorry. <laughs> I can speak really loudly, well <laughs> there. Um there's a, there's a transportation system plan uh, project, a city project, um, that I believe would be uh, in so- association with development uh, in that Bay Street area to connect Bay and Basin Street parallel to West Marine Drive. Um, so our initial recommendation was to have a, a pedestrian uh, median refuge um, along with an uh, enhanced pedestrian crossing at Bay Street and part of that median would have extended uh, across the, um, the east portion of, of Bay Street and so that would have pro- prohibited um, left turns into Bay Street, if that makes sense. So we have since heard clear concern that 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 left turn needs to be at Bay Street. It's the only um, it's only access to uh, Maritime Memorial Park. Where there's parking right there. Um, there's also some service access behind um, uh, Hotel Six and I think one other one other business there. Um, I actually happened to drive back there uh, with Matt earlier tonight. So there's a um, kind of a Moon Crater connection. Uh, it seems like a connection that could be made pretty easily. Um, but nonetheless, we backed off that recommendation to restrict left turns and It would be modifying that still having the pedestrian safe pedestrian crossing But that would be directly east of Bay Street. So the left turns would be um, you know again pretty low demand for the, um, the limited uses there Bay Street's really a, a, acts as a driveway um, And so it would be left turns that you can currently make today out of the through travel lane. There's not a lot of room, there's not room, or nor is it warrant um, a left turn onto Bay Street itself and then that would add width and, um, you know, wipe out room for parking so more okay, okay, so uh, there's limited not a center.
10: designated left turn lane, but you... The not a dedicated left turn, but it would be so allowed. If so across the protected pedestrian refuge, they just need to cross to the east side of the intersection and there, on that east side,
3: Directly east of Bay ah. Street, yeah. Okay. It, there, it's, it's there already, but it's uh, it, it would be improved, so it's more visible, and there would actually be a um, raised concrete median. Um, that also is, is uh, something visually that will slow drivers down. OK, great, thank you. That's great. That sounds like a good resolution. Um, so while
10: I've got you a podium, so I'd just like to summarize the, the cross sections. Um, they're really small, in the master plan that we have printed out when they're not colored. I have benefit of seeing them over and over again on these big screens and big color out So um, we've got bike lanes both ways, always. So figure X on page 27 is still needs to be updated, right? Where it actually only shows the bike lane on the left. Um, so bike lanes both ways, always. Sidewalks always. The southern turn lane always, except for the bridge where we've got bridge posts and that that intersection of the Bay,
3: Bay Street. Right? <laughs> that Bay Street area, yeah, okay. where it's where it's pretty yes, narrow. And that's so in
10: favor of allowing on-street parking, be reserving the for on-street parking. Yeah, it's,
3: it's in favor of allowing on-street parking and um, the the uses there, the development there, there, there aren't as many driveways as there are other parts of Union right. town. So right. it's not the frequent need for left so there's turns. there's not constantly going to be stopping right here and left. Right, and okay. it's a and it's a um, uh, more narrow right of way. The sidewalks are wider there than the sidewalks, um, so it's the narrowest section. It's sixty feet wide, um, okay. so that's, okay. it's wider in other parts of that, uh, the Okay, and then we've got two travel lanes
10: westbound, except at the bridge approach, where there's a added right turn lane for getting onto the bridge, and there the bike lane is sort of. Increased visibility with that green, that green paint, right. and then um, there's on-street parking wherever possible. And no special plan in this master plan draft for designated off-street parking as part of um, this master plan. It's just up to the city and to the council members to, to figure out
2: afterwards, right? Right. I mean, there is. On street parking. There's
10: not to be designated, but
2: there's, we do lose some spaces. Do we lose some spaces. And so, again, what has been recommended is that as a part of this project, that there be, in provision, there shall be um, an off street parking, right. uh, neighborhood off street parking uh, area provided. Okay. And this. is that something that we can require in Yes, I mean, that's some language that could be included. Okay, great. That's all for me. Thank you.
6: Thank you. I have a question. Do we have other questions <laughs> from commissioners? commissioner? Yeah. <laughs> commissioner, for our transportation uh, representative, your exercise tonight. i have ready. sorry. In the spirit of whimsy, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm an added bicyclist. And I'd love the bike lane requirement to just move away. And so, with my imagination coming over the bridge, the Young's Bay Bridge coming into town, could it be possible to have an underpass right under the traffic circle to come up on the north side and connect with the uh, river walk and continue through a story on the river walk with our uh, bike lane and the whole bike, bike lane? Was that considered? Is that
2: so? Sure. But let me go back maybe to Riverfront Vision Plan days where that was actually discussed. Um, And um, it was determined uh, by ODOT that there was not, and also by our engineers that at high tide, Mm -hmm. that there was not enough clearance uh, under the bridge. Um,
3: And actually since then, ODOT has divested that. I will add that one of our recommendations uh, for public infrastructure is to uh, enhance the, um, the connection uh, just east of the Smith Point roundabout um, for pedestrians and bicyclists, and then to add a, a section of multi use path um, just west of the Best Western that would connect into that uh, part of the riverfront trail. So there's a there's that part that goes north south that allows uh, you know great views of the river. There's a little um, parking area. There's also a, the connection um, to the riverfront path. So you're
6: saying that the current painted
3: strip immediately east of the traffic circle would be moved further east. Well, we understand that the, yeah there's there's concern about uh, yeah. that that um, surprising drivers are not ready for that and so uh, uh, we're proposing. Uh, a uh, more clear warning for drivers that that crossing is there, and that likely is just moving it to a narrower area, and then that would
6: align with uh, a proposed uh, new connection on the west end of that Best Western. Great, and, and part of my, equal parts of my concern are, as a cyclist, the safety of driving that stretch, and I would, I don't like to be on it. Um, and so, obviously, thought about Hamburg going off to the right, and down by where the dump station is, and connecting to this intersection that you're describing. Uh, anyway, uh, so you've thoroughly explored the options of not having the bike
3: path go through uh, Highway 101 and Highway 30 and West Marine Drive through town. Well, it's uh, so I'm also a bicyclist, yeah. and and so there, you know, there there's a wide range of uh, types of bicyclists. Um, so there's, a, there's sort of the, the transportation route, which uh, I'm trying to facilitate along the highway by by providing um, striped bike lane in part of the, the Oregon Coast bike route. Then there's a more recreational um, bicycling opportunity on the uh, adjacent to the trolley trail. Um, one could use that for um, you know for trips, of course, too, but there's the more direct route opportunity. Highway. And I would say in terms of, you know, this, this is a plan and, and subject to more refined design, you know, preliminary design and, and design going forward that could um, uh, refine, you know, exactly. It's a huge so
6: get 12 extra, extra feet. feet, so that's a pretty big thing, you know, to imagine not having to accommodate that. And so, okay, well, I'm, I'm th- are there other comments? I'm almost satisfied. I'm you more. I, is that okay?
8: Yeah. Go ahead. I'll well, head up here, too. So oh, it was just a, a short comment, uh, Michael Duncan, about, um, and it, I would I'm hesitant to say it's an either-or scenario. Um, you know, it's it's both, and in particular, one of, This this came up in conversation, and we well acknowledge that there's different types of cyclists. You know, the strong and fearless, the interest, interest, interested and concerned cyclists, and, and some may not feel comfortable in, it. in fact, you know, a good deal. But what, what we didn't want to do is get ourselves in a position where we're not accommodating that type of user on this highway. And in particular, the, the thing that I think got a lot of nods in the room and we were saying let's keep them was that this is, that's, that segment of the highway is um, part of the working post bike route. And so for us to include a in the design preferred alternative that did not acknowledge that cyclists would be using that, um, you know, it, was, it was not an option. So those, those are and my, my vision things. was to integrate the Oregon Coast Bike Route
6: with a safer, more aesthetically pleasing option for the cyclist at that very dangerous
7: intersection,
6: and that could also allow us to have 12 extra feet in the planning corridor you know, through this area. Again, it was odd whimsy. I guess I feel thoroughly like a okay. I give up on that particular one. Um, but that matters because um, having to have that space loses on-street parking, which in the meantime is a pressing issue. And so I'm working backwards from the triggers um, that the plan would need to have, like we're talking about, shall require the off-street parking piece. You know the plan is poetry and it gets to be prose when the design phase comes and the rubber hits the road. And so that's always a bit of anxiety. So that's why I'm trying to clarify and find as much way to find as much space as possible. I'm sure you did too. I always thought that was at least an idea to propose to get it's too low.
0: Currently 7 p.m. for uh, overview for a recess, which we are, we are going to take. We will reconvene in six minutes. 22 p.m. And when we left, we were at questions for the consultants and round two. Uh, Commissioner Price, as you have more questions,
7: sure. <laughs> Um, so, interestingly, again, the comment, we've heard that this is a plan, it's subject to change. I think that is one of the uh, issues that's gone into, in fact, we hear a lot from the public that we need more time. And I see that we're under kind of a clock, in a way. But, uh, um, so, that's part of it. You know, and and the council said this is the direction, and I believe it is. I just, I think though also that um, on page two of the memo that we see, you know, it says that Uniontown's historic character and central location are key attributes of the neighborhood but due in part to a lack of a unifying vision and a coherent set of plans to guide public investments and support redevelopment activity, investment has not made, it way, made its way into Uniontown like it has for other historic areas of Astoria. And, and that, I think, was the overarching reason for Unitown before, with transportation as one part of that. And then again, the, the grant for transportation is important. It's a long-term uh, matter. It takes a long time. We got the TGI, TG, TGM grant, which mm-hmm. was great. And uh, so, so we're focused now on transportation. Again, I do hope that we will be able to focus on the unifying vision and coherence of plans at, at a certain point. And, uh, and so, otherwise, it did depend my land use issue, which is not transportation, but in the um, code where it says uh, prohibited uses in the west gateway sub area which as i understand it, is basically from the roundabout to basin Portway. Portway. so this is the gateway to astoria the western gateway to astoria this is for people who come from from the west from the south will see the when they come to astoria and i would like us to uh, eliminate to make one of the prohibitive uses auto sales and services, because if we are trying to eliminate uh, cars and parking and all that stuff being on marine drive, then certainly auto sales and services should be one of them. Um, it is it is prohibited in the core sub-area, but I think that it's really important that when you come into Astoria from, from, from the bridge, the Youngs Bay Bridge, and the roundabout, which gets better every year come in we don't want to see in those first few areas auto sales it will be used auto sales because we don't have enough land for a, for a, a new auto lot they're all in Warrington. it's a great place for them they have the room and they're not trying to do what we're trying to do in this story so it's one part of our vision I really ask the Commission if it's not I mean I'm looking at page six West Gateway sub area um, following uses and activities are prohibited, and it
11: does not include auto sales and services. I'm what it says on the master
2: plan and master plan sales Yeah, I think that there I'm, I think that, Commissioner Price, I think that what you have discovered is perhaps a, uh, an error in the code document because Actually, automobile sales are intended to be prohibited within the Western Gateway area. So I think that there's actually uh, that that is actually an error in the code document. The differentiation is that service uh, was uh, to be um, permitted under the plan, permitted within the Western Gateway. So there's a there's kind of a split where sales prohibited unless you're getting the service permitted. Okay,
12: so I, I suspect that we're not going to adopt this tomorrow. I don't. I do not expect that. You it don't way. expect that, do you? No. Okay, so that can be revised. That's correct. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other questions?
5: That leads, yeah. That leads to my question. Can you kind of go through us what, what for us, kind of what our options are here, what this will kind of look like,
2: what our options are to recommend, not recommend, revise tonight? Yeah. So I will tell you that staff is going to recommend a us tonight because that there are some items that we have heard this evening that we feel that there can be some um, some boosting of some of the language to be able to provide some more clarity. Uh, so you know that is you know what is recommended is that uh, we have a continuous year next spring be in later on this month, and we'll be able to uh, be able to make some of that um, some of that, um, that clarity uh, within some of the language. So uh, you know ultimately um, you know this is a an opportunity for the commission to be able to dialogue about this matter. It's an opportunity for public to be able to provide uh, comment and testimony to the planning commission. Um, yes, there is a, a time in which um, the uh, um, grant funding expires on this project uh, and any work done after that is paid for by the city of Astoria. What that means is voters not done is going to cut down on what tasks will be done by the community development department this next fiscal year on other planning. Process it could reduce you know other work that's kind of that, um that this would would you know would would take this place within the within the consultant line. So um so there is you know there is that deadline but it's not something that something that has to be approved by a state. There are just financial applications so what how that how that's the to bon
10: um, so if we were to get a revised sort of updated version of this um at the last meeting of, of August and um adopt the planning, names or the application, does it need to go back to city? Yes. Yes, so after so that, that this is
2: this would only be a recommendation to the city council. And, and then... What's that? The deadline is in the end Yes. Uh. No, there's um, there's no way. Um, Because there's a a public notice requirement, a 21-day public notice requirement, after the Planning Commission makes their decision, that we have to provide notice to the City Council. Um, And so, uh, in continuance to your next regular meeting, um, there's no logistical way. Let me also
0: clarify that for City Council to approve an ordinance, it takes two City Council meetings. Thank you, Commissioner Hillary. Thank you, Mr. Estes. Other questions? Okay, at this time, we're going to open it up to public comment. Uh, we would ask that you uh, step to the left term, state your name and address for the record. I would like to hear from stakeholders first. We generally have a three-minute uh, time limit, and I'm going to allow stakeholders, and that being people that have that own businesses or property in the area, to speak first. And we won't hold quite this firmly to that uh, three-minute rule, but we would ask so we keep them under five minutes. So it appears that there is some negotiation about who will speak. Uh, <laughs> please step up to the lectern and state your name address for the record and your
13: position as a stakeholder if so. Good evening. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Uh, my name is Gordon Schrieger. Uh I live at 2778 Grand uh, but I own some property there in the uh, Gateway District 421 West Marine, 423 and 511 West Marine Drive. So I'm really interested in this uh, project but I do appreciate the effort that's being put out uh, towards this, and having a plan. You know, if you don't have a plan, you have nothing to deviate from. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of. You know, I, I was worried about a lot of things like 10-foot sidewalks because I've invested a lot of money in one of my buildings to move it back four feet so I could have a little room in front to facilitate the historic reconstruction of, of it. Um, but I'm not so worried about that now um, because it looks like it's going to be a long road. But one of the things I did mention at one of these previous public uh, meetings was the fact that the utilities, uh, I'm hearing a, what was that? Chernoisse, relocate utility poles on Marine Drive. Where are you gonna put them? You're gonna have to pack them up in somebody's yard. And if you look out this window right here, you don't see any utility poles out here on the streets. But if you go down to Marine Drive, that's all you see. So that's the vision I see, is a bunch of utility poles that are growing transformers You know, lines going across the street and everything. If that was all underground, that would be a huge visual improvement. Um, Just that alone uh, would be great. Uh, And then there was talk about trees in previous discussions, and I don't know where you're going to put trees. It's really windy in that area of town at certain times of the year. Uh, But like I said, this looks like a long range project, so I'm not really concerned about it. I was kind of concerned that this would get adopted tonight, and the next thing I know, I got a 10 foot sidewalk impeding into uh, what I've got a long term plan of my own for some of my own property. And that's all I got, so thank you. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
14: Hello, my name is uh, Diana Kerr. I am 281 West Marine Drive and 453 West Marine Drive. Um, I've been a part of this since the beginning. I, I actually met Scott 18 months ago, now that I was thinking about it. Uh, the first time we spoke about this program, I heard from Kevin Kernan two years ago, so it's kind of exciting to actually get to a somewhat official stage. Um, I want to point out a couple of things. Uh, I think a lot of what we have as stakeholders have brought up has been listened to and even in the last two weeks has changed. So I really appreciate that. The Bay Street turn is a really important area because of the Memorial Park. We understand that's also a really dangerous crosswalk. I know. I am worker's tavern. I watch people cross there. It is probably the scariest crosswalk I've ever seen. So I appreciate all that. I do want to point out because I've heard it a couple of times that there aren't a lot of turns in that area but perhaps uh, the commission doesn't know that the backside of Motel 6 about 20 of their units are only access from that back area as well as the only parking for helping hands the only parking for um, Tiger building and the only parking for swimming hall. So I believe three of those buildings are historical and their only parking is access from Bay Street as of right now. So that is what we're trying to protect. I'd also like to speak about the area in the gateway. Um, I do own a building as well in the gateway area. Uh, 453 West Drive is a fourplex. If you walk that area, which I really recommend everybody walk from the bridge actually to the roundabout, it gives you a better sense of what it's like to live in that area this town talks a lot about workforce housing affordable housing that is your workforce housing that is your affordable housing most of those buildings have parking or access uh, from alameda to parking what we brought up in the very beginning and what the planners did uh, take into consideration that i appreciate is backing out from the parking spots right there is got to be one of the most dangerous things and my rentals, we actually get people who come to see the rental and then don't want to put an application because it is so dangerous to back out. I believe that bike Lane would protect a backing out area and make it safer to pull out onto West Marine Drive because in my particular apartment there's very shallow parking you have to back out. But the thing that we're, is actually I think on the quote chopping block which is really important is eight parking spots from the bridge to the roundabout and that is very specific parking that's there meaning my fourplex has four parking spots and that's it for my tenants to have someone visit them the tenant would have to make a left onto Portway and you can't park on Portway and so you have to either use Portway's parking lot which I know they're not going to want or make a left onto the street where the trolley cars go, and then walk all the way back up and walk across 101. So when I hear that it's perhaps not used or not important, yesterday there were four cars parked on there, so I don't know how it's not used. It is really important to the people there that live in those properties and might want to have a guest come visit them that now will have to walk in the rain in winter three blocks to get there. Port Portway is gonna to have to take on the responsibility of people using their parking lot in a way that they're certainly not gonna want. Um, so I just, I, while I have your attention, I also wanna bring up something that I know is a design issue, but it is still really important. These three taverns in uh, Uniontown, I know that everybody likes to make funny jokes about bars and maybe they're not that great or whatever. These are the three oldest bars on the entire Oregon Washington coast. And Portway isn't in the Uniontown core, and that's where the projected idea to put lighting is, but they are part of our historical area. There's four proposed lights, actually, in the area. And when you drive through Uniontown, if you could picture what we picture, he was uh, really great to bring up the power lines because they're awful. There's 17 power lines in front of my building alone. We want to drive like downtown does. You guys get to decorate for Chris, not you guys, but downtown gets to decorate for holidays and gets to be part of town with the story of our goddess lines. This lighting will be our only opportunity to hang anything in Uniontown and feel like we're part of the city or we're part of our own area. And so I hope somewhere down the line when design goes through and these very specific things come up, that that is going to be our only opportunity to celebrate in all of Astoria's festivals and, and holidays and everything and so the lighting is really important to us businesses who want to be a part of that as well. So I hope you take those few things into consideration. And I do really appreciate all the meetings that everybody's has uh, really listened to us as stakeholders I appreciate. It. Thank you. Thank you Mr. Burke
0: anybody else would like to Are we done with stakeholders?
15: I'm Nancy Montgomery, um, I am at 279 West Marine Drive, which is the houses Columbia River Coffee Roaster and Cups Coffee Shop, two different businesses. Um, we, um, everything that's been said has already been said, so the only thing I really want to add um, is the view corridor that Bay Street also is. Um, and obviously I, being right at the top of Bay Street, our big, arching glass windows look right down onto the water and we adore it well, so does the city, you know, it's a view corridor, and I know that's part of the, uh, part of the master city, you know, let keep our view of, of, the, uh, of the river part of our lives and our daily experience, um, is just an awareness of our relationship with the port and on that property. Right now, we're using it as a Maritime Memorial Park and maintaining it up to those hedges that, that is Bay Street's step of the water. And um, I really want to encourage the city to gain real control of that property. And um, if the court is considering selling pieces of property, to consider acquiring even a little more of that property to the west um, and anchoring the city in parks. We've got the Maritime Memorial Park on the west end and the Maritime Museum, not quite on the east end, but where a lot of events are happening and to have the trolley sort of thread them together and the river walk both um, can make it a citywide celebration. Uh, even the uh, regatta this weekend talks about the, the boat parade. Sit anywhere along the river walk, in Memorial Park to the Maritime Museum. And if that's a real park, we can celebrate at both ends of our city and really join unionized this bridge this, this uh, new town and really let it let this part of the city be reborn to a, an overarching kind of glory thank you thank you mr. McCarthy
0: would anybody else like your questions this evening
16: good evening commissioners uh my name is stuart emmons uh 107 kensington um, and I submitted a um, email um, about the about this project. Um, I've uh, I've done projects with uh, in Portland with Portland Bureau of Transportation and with ODOT, and um, there's a and uh, with the community, and um, I I get the you know the push and pull and and traffic counts and and uh parking and, and stacking distances and all that. And I think a lot of times uh, we always, I always try to encourage people to look big, at, look at the big picture, look at the vision, what are we trying to do here, and maybe not get into the weeds of uh, some of the traffic engineering parts and, and really kind of merge traffic engineering with the, the vision. Uh, Commissioner Price, uh, I want to read this again. But due in part to a lack of a unifying vision and a coherent set of plans to guide public investments and support redevelopment activity, investment has not been made into Uniontown. And I would also say, this is our city's gateway. This is the most important uh, entry uh, into our city. And uh, whether you come by vehicle, uh, a few of us come up bike person too, but it's a little hard coming across the bridge. But, we, I think the traffic circle is wonderful, and I think it could be made even, even better. But then we have a car wash, and then we have a derelict gas station. And then we have a fast lube, a scrummy uh, billboard. And then we have a, the, um, another derelict gas station. Um, we have these wonderful um, put, uh, you know, portway and, and uh, workers' tavern and triangle. We have these moments. We have these groups of uh, historic houses that I think uh, can be. We can work to. But I am not seeing this unifying vision from the circle to the Dovey, and I think it's. This is our moment to create a vision that it's. It, it, it says it right here. A structure that we can work to. If we can't get those gas stations bought or whatever I've, I've, I've done a lot of projects with private property how do you work that and it, it, it's a, it's a careful a careful mix but um, you know maybe we ought to figure out ways to mitigate those gas stations and, and also on the other side those houses are wonderful we have Pacific so Pacific Pride and car wash are welcome to Astoria right now and I, I really I urge us all of us as a community to do that I urge us to do a unifying vision that will really um, really excite people when they come into the story. Uh, we have a we have a great city. I I think we're talking, we're too much left brain on this project. We need to get over to the right brain. We need to have drawings and and speeds on what 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 the walk experience, the drive experience, and the bicycle experience is from the
0: circle to Jovely. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ramage. Is there anyone else I would
15: like to address us this, this evening? Um Rachel Denson from the Lower Columbia Preservation
10: Society, PO box one, three, three, four, Astoria. Um, and I have um, basically two points that I want to talk about. I am relieved that it sounds like there's gonna be a continuation, maybe um, some language and words smithing. Um, going on, but the first thing is um, just I'd like to see a correction of the name Historic Preservation Design Committee in the stakeholders Section on page 14 I believe, believe it's referring to the Historic Landmarks Commission and I just think the consistency is really great when looking back that this is a historic document um, And then on page 38 um, I know it was mentioned that we're backing away from specific properties looking for public parking space, uh, but it's still
15: in that draft, and so I have questions. I just want clarification on the WANA credit union site that's mentioned in the in the plan, and whether or not that vision
10: is envisioning demolition of that building, or if it's just the
15: accessory parking there. Can
0: I switch? out would like to
1: I think uh, when when we were considering uh, different locations within the uh, the area, of Juana's, uh, Juana's building itself, okay. or their parking lot, but they have a they have an auxiliary parking area that's up behind the Mexican restaurant,
10: and I think that was the one that was that was originally in the plan. Okay, but I would suggest removing that from the plan, or, put, or clarifying that think, so
1: that I, it I think I think I, I think the so city mention that we will just have a a generalized recommendation rather than than specific
0: locations. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Justin Would anybody else like to address the Planning Commission this evening? The Elizabeth Plant
17: 3849 Grand Avenue. Hi. Ready? Um, I am looking at heights again. Uh, we, we've just been spending a lot of time on the Bridge Vista area and I realize that Bridge Vista, I appreciate that it was kind of separated clearly that the north side is Bridge Vista, the south side Marine Drive is main Che board. I, I still would I still think the concerns about height are the same. Uh, in general for uh, a lot of the public. Another concern with the height is I'm seeing where it says, I'm just reading from page 23, many developers rely on the residential portion of the mixed use development for revenue generation. Uh, Underwrite development projects on the basis of the residential program exclusively, additional residential stories, increase project feasibility. So it's talking about the reason why you need more height seems to be to add residences because that's where you get the loans for making the development. Um, alongside of that we have methods on page 11. Methods exist in the code, development code for using minimum parking given that meeting these requirements is a barrier to new development. So we're talking about making it higher, to make money, having more people, but reducing the parking. But you have more people in the development, but you're reducing the parking. So that's clearly a, a problem. So, which you're probably already well aware about. So, also uh, the architectural features beyond 45 feet. And again, 45 feet, the architectural features above, and what I just talked about with the trade-off. Having more people to get the money, but then less parking. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Mr. Mayor Craig. Would anybody else like to address this?
12: Will Johnson, 509 Kensington Avenue, Astoria. Um, I'm not fully prepared. I didn't get this information until it was. Uh, I didn't have enough time to read it all, but I've done a lot of listening. Um, and my first question is um, for round two at the end of the month will be that will there be more opportunity for us to have more input on this, or is
0: tonight the only night? We, since we have had a continuous
12: request, that there will be more opportunity for comments. That, that's fair, thanks. Glad to hear that. Because as a draft, the, the words might, maybe, <laughs> shall. There's a lot of room for we're going around and that stuff until you use the word shall and so on. Um, some of my background is uh, working on the water all the time. I'm still a boat captain here. Uh, it, it's a very minor issue, but as far as parking goes, you know, I, I park down here and the cruise ships come in and I lose my parking space. <laughs> i got to go somewhere else and find it. So if, if that place that they direct me to is now full, I'm not sure how far I'm going to have to walk. It, it's a minor thing, but you need to know it because everybody is affected by the parking. And So my old mantra is whatever you're doing, you own, you got to take care of it. And so one of those things is taking care of God and not losing any of this parking that we have available for us that live here, let alone invited guests that want to come and spend a little time here. Um, I really like the idea about burying those power lines. That's that's a great suggestion. I know it costs about 10 times as much, but <laughs> instead of putting it on a pole, at least that's what I'm told in the past. But Yeah, having the beauty of our town, to be able to look at that section there is beautiful. So uh, yeah, let's make it all beautiful and take care of it. So I'll have more, I'll be better prepared for the next time as long as I'm not working somewhere. And that's the only reason I do miss meetings is I have to work sometimes late. But uh, thank you for working at this. I hope you look after us, as well as yourselves and your families so we can have and maintain a beautiful town. Keep the buildings low. Let's go mm-hmm. slow and build right. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Is there anybody else who
0: might be the way to address the back of So, if we are going to continue
2: this draft piece. Would you like uh, a little bit of final commentary from staff Sure. Okay. Five hundred staff would like to come. Sure. So I, uh, I know that Ms. Johnson is going to touch on some of the items, um, and I uh, would like to touch on some items. So I'd like to include the consulting team um, and, and sorority, as well. Uh, I do want to note um, with regards to underground utilities. I would really love that to be able to happen over in the yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's going to be great to be able to to see that happen. Luckily, down.
11: of 5,000 square feet land area or less. So it's not the larger lots with the larger buildings. So it has to be a smaller lot. And then the other exemptions are restricted so that it's existing buildings that don't have parking and can't be redeveloped because they can't provide parking. Those are pre-existing buildings. The other one is if you are expanding your building of 10% or less, that's a small expansion, and you cannot decrease the available one all street parking. So if they reduce that, you can't you don't have to provide the additional parking and you can't develop and reduce parking. Uh, the other one is that uh, the exceptions would be processed through an administrative permit and not just you know it would be through the the community development park. But it's just for those small reductions small
2: lots not for big projects, and when they should people are aware of that. So um, I'd, I'd ask if uh, Scott, Matt, Mike, if, if, if you have any other
4: you know, final comments um, I'll just, just one quick comment. Um, one of the objectives of the planning process was to provide opportunities for more housing, including workforce housing. And you really wouldn't see that happen unless you did allow for some power buildings in this area. Um, Development above one story is not really going to pencil out unless you get up to a height over 45 feet. So there is some language in the plan that talks about that's how you can financially, feasibly develop a building that height. It's It's not where. We're saying you just want buildings that tall because one of the objectives in the plan is to promote opportunities for housing, including workforce housing, and, and that's a way you can do that. And you just really wouldn't have those opportunities if you limit heights in this area let's like, say, 28 feet. Um, so that's the only comment I've made um, was in response to some of the things I heard. And, and also, I guess the only other thing I'd say is kind of you know early on, when we started working on this project. There, are, there were a number of um, overall objectives um, and goals that we were trying to achieve. Scott talked about those at the front of the process. Um, and no, we didn't go out and do you know, sort of a lot of illustrations of physically a vision for this area because we are working with an existing area. We weren't proposing to make radical changes to this area, but to try to achieve some of those objectives. And so we really kind of focused on transportation improvements and projects to meet those objectives and potential changes to the city's development objective, uh, development standards to meet some of the land use objectives. So that's just kind of my understanding of kind of where we started on this project and and how we got our way to where we are. Those are
0: the only things Thank and you, Mr. Hasty. Yeah. I believe it was more than one final comment.
1: Uh, concerning the, the uh, disparity or the distinction between the core area and the gateway area, uh, having attended the, all of the public meetings and the stack meetings, uh, I think it was recognized that, that the area west of Portway, uh, and Portway Tavern, by the way, So, uh, but that areas uh, west of uh, Portway um, would continue to have some auto oriented uses, such as the Dutch Cup and the, the driving of the, uh, the uh, uh, fast loop and that sort of thing. But I think the trade off was that uh, all of that area, uh, the entire area from the roundabout to the go boy, do fall under the design. Guidelines and restrictions of the um, design review uh, committee, so they would, anything, anything less, anything within the entire area would be reviewed for for design quality.
0: Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Although we are going to continue, would this be appropriate to have more comments? Please? You know, if, if there's
2: uh, if there's additional feedback um, that you are looking for, um, that would be helpful. Um, there's you know, some things that the staff are prepared to be able to work on, but any feedback that you have is going to be uh, helpful to the team to be able to provide any responses or additional materials. So do I close the public? No, no, or? no, 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 what, what you would do is just, uh, you could go down the line um, and uh, receive commentary. Uh, this is not a determination whether or not you feel it should be approved or not approved. This is, these are things that you would like uh, to have uh, staff and consulting consultant team um, be able to look into and if you'd like to request something, um, you know, provide that, that, uh, that information to us at the end then we would need to, Chair um, you know, Fitzpatrick, entertain the motion to continue the hearing. Okay, so so we are technically still a public hearing, but yes, we you are, are you will, you will not. Yes, and we will not close the public hearing tonight. And the we'll last uh, motion to be able to move forward would be to entertain a
0: motion from one of your fellow commissioners to students. continue. Great. Thank you, Mr. Emsters. So Commissioner
7: Price. Uh, thank you. Um, I would like to encourage all of our commissioners to, uh, anyone, to take advantage of an uh, opportunity that I had yesterday, which was to take a walking tour of town I have driven through it thousands of times, as I know we all have. But to take this walking tour, uh, Diane Kirk, uh, owner of Workers Tavern and also of a fourplex that provides workers' housing, uh, can, can provide you with a really terrific uh, tour. She knows uh, all the business people. She knows captains on the boats. Nancy Montgomery who's the owner of, of uh, uh, Columbia River Coffee Grocers could probably uh, do the same. Uh, and uh, I, I learned really a lot. Uh, one of the main, there were a couple of main takeaways. And one was that uh, there really are at least two parts of the town. And they're separated by a very long walk that might be more like two and a half blocks and that's where the bridge is so i i can't remember now it's powers which is sort of the last building and then which is the last building on in the sort of the eastern part and then and then you get to the bridge and you go forever you go under the bridge and there's nothing there there's odot across the street that odot building and there's a bridge there's no lighting blackberries come over the sidewalk it's a really tremendous separation of of one district and then you get into the the more the western part of the district which i guess we're calling the western gateway part um so the the reason that that and that's important to know for for a number of reasons is first of all you can see really how much housing there is there I just looked at this housing. I just walked past there like everybody else is in the town. and there's really a lot of renters' housing there. And you understand how their parking is. They, they, they all, all of them, the four fourplexes and stuff, they all seem to have one parking space. to come right in. So, so yes, backing out onto Marine Drive is probably pretty scary at many times of the day. Uh, and you also get a real feeling for how parking. Uh, the, the removing parking spaces from these areas will really impact both the residents and the businesses. And so that brings me also to parking. You know, we're not, Astoria isn't Portland. Uh, in Portland, if you take parking spaces away, maybe you can just drive around residential neighborhoods that are, go for maybe 20 blocks behind you in all flat areas. In this area, it's a big hill, which is one of the reasons why you can kind of, you can think the 45 foot heights would be okay on the south side of the marine drive because there's that giant hill there and there the houses are way up above and and 45 feet is unlikely i'll say at this point I have, you know really look that that closer to impact anyone's view which is what we're talking about so so when we look at parking that's that was one of the reasons why the Moana and enterprise areas i know that's going to be taken out now kind of don't make a lot of sense because that might work for the, uh, a few businesses that are very much there on the, on the very eastern side of Uniontown but then again you have that big space and then you're on the western end of Uniontown and they ha- they're have they going to have nothing. Uh, residences there currently are, are slated in the preferred plan to lose parking there so there's no place for their guests to go. If a, a resident has two cars, there's not going to be any place you're going to go. So that's why the shall provide parking and it is important and, and to look at the differences in these two areas. Because we can't just put something at one end or the other and call that good that won't work. Um, The other thing, I I guess, uh, uh, lighting becomes very important. You know, again, when you walk this area and you see this very long space, particularly in between areas, which I'm sure not many people walk now. But if we're trying to create a pedestrian uh, effect for for Town then particularly, I mean, I would just never walk under that bridge and that whole sort of blank area. That would seem really, you know, like not something a, a woman wants to do, or a man, anybody. Um, the other thing is uh, that uh, I think that the, uh, we got some very good emails from Nancy Montgomery and from Jan Mitchell. They have some really interesting and important uh, uh, considerations to take into place. Many of them have, particularly for uh, Nancy's. Uh, email. I had a chance, Mitchell's just arrived today so I had a chance to really look at that but I think those are things that I hope that staff will pay really good attention to because I think they show a lot of knowledge of the specifics of Guinea Town that we need to pay close attention to in drafting code. Thank you. Thank you Commissioner
10: Carson. Commissioner Henry. Uh, thank you. So um, I I have a similar comment about the parking, definitely we need to um, state in the plan that off street parking shall be provided but I also wanted to emphasize that we need more than one because it's a long corridor and we need to be sensitive to walking distances um, and also there's going to be a bit of a challenge where those are located because they are um, serving a certain cluster of houses or shops and they're across from the main Drive and they're crossing, um, then we're not really providing accessible parking. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges in my mind right now is how to make the off-street parking facilities appropriately serve the areas that need off-street parking. Um, so, and that, so that, that's, that's we First statement and then the other thing that kind of segues into that is um, I it's sort of a question, I'll we'll preface it with a statement. So I'm landscape architect, I work for a design consulting firm, and we work on a lot of transportation projects. And I'm kind of unclear with the master plan process, where the master plan ends, and obviously we've got in front of us, but where does the design process kind of pick up and very specific? Um, Like a set of plans that go out to bid for a contractor to build. Um, The master plan is a framework that has to be followed for the design process, correct? So I think I'm I'm asking city staff this question now is, um, and I think it'll help everyone to understand, you know, a lot of people have a lot of questions and concerns that the master plan is not going to answer um, because it's just a master plan. But when you get into the design, um, one question I have is um, about speed limits Cause I know the master plan can't add, address speed limits but we've gotten a bit of public feedback about traffic calming and safety and speed limits and how do you does design specific issues that everyone's talking about get addressed as we move forward? So like, well,
2: when you say design, are you talking about road design or are you talking about you know, um, the pritties <laughs> in the, uh, in the
10: the- yeah, good question, I guess both, because, because I mean, as a landscape architect, of course, I'm looking at, at, that, at a lot of these areas that are sort of big entering blank or unmaintained, like what are we going to do with them and how are we going to maintain them? And the way the city maintains them is a different question, it's a different topic, but the, but the design, like how do we approach a design firm and say, well, here's our criteria and what's the process for getting to the point where we have construction documents?
2: And if, if, if we were looking at the the ODOT funding process going you know, through the yeah, step, as I mentioned surface, surface transportation improvement program, which is the, the program that ODOT funds improvements on their highway system, what would happen is after an IGA agreement was approved between ODOT and the city, then designers would be hired. And we would then be uh, going through a process to work on design. Let's t- let's talk about the waterfront bridges project. So uh, in in this case, ODOT approved and I'm gonna talk very rough numbers, Odot approved eight million dollars for a, a bridge project. Um or bridges along the waterfront. Uh we said, okay great, we we then approved intergovernmental agreements with ODOT and started the project. Then the designers started um, working on the project. There were issues about what did the interface look like um, along the, the waterfront. There started to be dialogues at the city council. There was input, there were pub- public uh, meetings that were held here that were, there was input that was taken and to be able to come up with a plan that was ultimately a by the city council after that design was uh, was finalized then uh, the project went out to bid in this case the project came in over bid. Uh, and so then we had to find more money, which we did when uh, like i said we the city and ODOT, um contributed a lot more money to make that make that project happen so uh, that's kind of a, a, a kind of a, a process which can be used uh, you know, with the standard, um, you know, with the you know, with the standard, you know, put upstairs. I mean, uh, I could say you know, that the city council could say, "Hey, um, now that we have, if the plan is approved, now we kind of have a framework for what this thing could look like. Let's let's go and look at um, um, hiring some designers to put some uh, some more skin on folks, if you want to call it that. And that's something that that can happen as a as in the next phase, uh before we would go out for um any specific uh funding that's,
11: that's another, another if i can add to that um that's the transportation side on the development side the code amendments that we have are implementing that so that does give design guidelines and requirements that individual private developers will have to adhere to. So there's the transportation portion there, mm-hmm. but then the design review committee would review these new codes uh, for any private developer. Right. And that price is more clear,
10: but it's when you we're know, in the public right of way or in the right of way that I'm like how that, how does how do we move from a master plan to something that gets built? That was really clear on the process. It sounds like is it still an iterative community involved process? Really
2: depends on like piecing together the funding and getting it all flushed out within it it's, it's complicated yeah yeah i mean i, I mean if, and if the council wanted to go so far as to have to be able to put more skin on the bones of this plan after it's approved i mean there is a way to be able to do that to flush out the whole design concepts okay. yeah, thank you That's all thank you
6: Uh, too easy and hard. Um, an easy one. Will locomotive services be allowed in the Gateway District? Hypothetical motive are prohibited, but the restoration museum is there too. And I just wanted to make sure that locomotive restoration will be approved, and not conforming the existing use or whatever it might be. We'll just say motive. Okay.
11: <laughs> <laughs> Detail. Thank you for their data be very good okay yeah, Thank you. You the state. True. The thanks
6: for that distinction another one uh, specifically special time special projects planner johnson made reference to a partial solution to the view down bay street and i wanted clarity was that almost a solution to see down bay street or half yeah. of yeah. bay street
2: has been secured to no, down? No, so let so me one of the things, and that's one of the things that Ms. Montgomery had referenced in, in her testimony, um, the right-of-way does not extend all the way to the river, as she noted. It, it dead ends where um, the right-of-way dead ends where the driveway, the, uh, the east-west driveway, right. is located. The Port of Astoria um, owns the property um, to the north. I would note that um, the city maintains t- to the edge road, which is to the west, on Port of Astoria property. The city had a lease for the Port of Astoria um, for um, the Maritime Memorial Park. Uh, the port uh, did not renew the lease and has since leased that to um, another individual. Correct,
6: so that leads to the third, which is Involved with the Bridge Vista overlay zone and Uniontown Reborn, parking always is the big thing, the big elephant in the room. It seems to me, I like the plan, I think it's pretty good as far as plans go. I think it's been a lot of thinking and good work done into it, and it's it's a plan. It seems like all of these plans, and especially this plan, I do like the idea of shall all of the parking spaces lost or shall be parking found. So, knowing that that's going to be the case, um, my vision would be to have a parallel activity. I look for guidance on this, or maybe a recommendation out of this process to City Council um, to identify an anchor parking location for the commercial business and the people that are working down there, as well as the affordable housing, as well as the businesses that will lose some off street parking. In you know, whatever plan configuration actually goes forward, it's, it's inevitable that the parking will be reduced and we'll have to look for it. And so I'm looking for guidance on how to do that sooner rather than later when things may be expensive, but less so than in the future. Um, That would allow me to lighten up a lot about the planning framework, knowing that whatever the particulars were, there was a mechanism already parallel process going on to accommodate the inevitable parking. I can't believe in one meeting I'm I'm annoyed by bike lanes as a cyclist and as a Joni Mitchell fan advocating for parking lots, but this is where I find myself on a Tuesday evening
0: those
5: are my questions. Commissioner Yeah, I'm also glad to entertain that this commission, which, as long as I've been on it, has not been very concerned about parking. But in this particular case, I think we all um, are, are concerned about it. And I would like to hear more later next session about um, the trade-offs and the options um, for some of this um, loss of on-street parking. Because it seems like, you know, uh, just more of an issue for this particular community than it is for downtown. Um, the, the point about this being where we have um, a great option for workforce housing and these are people that are going to be more affected by this loss of parking. I mean, it looks like we're kind of making a trade-off for, um, you know, kind of bike lanes that, that definitely will affect some of our local um, residents but might predominantly be used by visitors. And like, you know, I don't, I don't feel great about giving up something that's really practical like having some kind of on-street parking there. Um, for people who live in this area um so i'd like to hear more about that um i um other thoughts were that um i appreciate the clarification on um on the fact that it's already in the plan to have this lane re- lane reconfiguration happening between billboy and 8th street i think that if that's already part of the plan then we actually have to do it in this area because um, otherwise if we have have two lanes going into Uniontown and then it I narrowing mean, after that it's just going to be like just it's going to really kind of pick up speed during, um, in the Unitown area, and like I think that this would really kind of protect this um, um, kind of more livable, livable slower moving pedestrian area um, that's going to make it a much more pleasant place for work- workforce housing to happen. Um, I think that's kind of really all, all part of it, um, and I agree that the kind of the height allowances on the south side um, are fine, and they're going to um, encourage the kind of housing development that that's going to make this a better neighborhood. Um, and, um, oh, <laughs> as far as, as the varying of utilities, I know that, that everyone wants and no one how to no pay for it. Um, if that was something that we put as a, an idea or something that we would like as part of this master plan, would that then make it easier to get funding for it? Like, should we do that? Yeah. I mean, because it seems like that's it. I mean, that would be, you know, Great, a great way to honor our 100 years of very utilities downtown, you know. um, But if that's something that, you know, something small that we can do that we can put into wording that would maybe, you know, give us a leg up in, in future, you know, searches for funding sources as sky guys that might be, like why not, you know, say that we all want this? Um, and, Because <laughs> yeah, right? um, we know it's one of the next fires we have. <laughs> um, well, my last comment was just that actually I, I appreciated what you, your clarification about the um, design input process, for some of these ODOT um, and kind of bigger projects. I remember I think I was part of some of the the waterfront bridge ones and I don't think I understood quite at that point how it fit in, but I definitely filled out some forms and said which finishes that I liked. And so it's good to see now how that fits into a bigger project. And I definitely remember being part of the public input process for that. Um,
11: That's all for me. Great.
0: Okay. At this time, we should have a motion to continue. Anybody like to-
2: yeah, and just want to make sure the motion is uh, clear that it's being continued to the date, certainly the uh, August
0: 27th at 6:30 p.m. So do we have a motion to continue to August 27th at 6:30? PM?
7: I move that we continue the public hearing to August 27th uh, at 6.30 in council chambers.
0: Do we have a second?
7: Second.
0: Move and second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Okay, reports of officers. Do any of the officers have reports to make this evening? See them done. Staff updates. Save the date for our next meeting. And do we have anyone from the public that would like to comment on non agenda items this evening? Seeing none, we are adjourned.